we live in a time that is unique. Uh, we have lived in times when we have had crisis of trust, when we've had crisis of integrity. Uh, and Watergate happened, and we lost faith in the government. I don't know that we have recovered that faith that we once had because of Watergate. We certainly haven't recovered it because of the way certain institutions have been acting uh, say with COVID and some of the things that we're finding out, like they probably overcounted the COVID deaths and now we don't know if we can really trust the experts that come on and tell us what, how things are and we have decided uh, we don't want to trust these, more, these people anymore. Um, we have barely trusted the media now because media has been exposed in its bias uh, on, on every side. And, and what side you're on depends on what news station you tune into, which cable station, which podcast you listen to, which blogs you read. You're trying to find somebody that you can trust, somebody who will tell you the truth. Uh, we used to trust the church, and we used to trust ministers. And any time that you did a survey... Ministers would always be on the top of that list of people you trusted, not anymore. Uh, the financial scandals of the church, the sexual scandals of the church have robbed the church of trust. Now, we don't trust anybody. We don't trust our leaders. We don't trust our co-workers. We don't trust our neighbors. Oh man, I, I've, got, I've got great neighbors. They're quiet, they, they keep them, they're good people. That's what they always say when they find the serial killer, right? <laughs> he was a great guy. Nicodemus came to Jesus. He wanted to know what Jesus knew. He wanted to experience what Jesus had experienced. And Jesus' answer, who do you trust, Nicodemus? Where do you get your truth? Jesus' answer to Nicodemus would be his answer to us. Who is it that you trust? Where do you get your truth? John 3.16 is in the middle of a conversation. Stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this text again. God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Say it with me. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together.
A long time ago, Nicodemus asked you some questions that honestly we wish we could ask you. And we hear the answer you gave to him, and we know it's the same answer you give to us. So we pray, like Nicodemus, we might finally get it. And we pray this in your name. Amen. One of the problems with the way that we read Scripture is that we seem to take too many things out of context. We forget that John 3.16 is part of a conversation There's things that happen before it. There's things that happen after it. And it is in the middle of this conversation that Jesus gives us the famous verse that we call John 3.16. We put it on placards. We put it on posters. We show it at games. We put it on the bumper sticker of our car. But we forget that this was a give and take between a man named Nicodemus and Jesus. Nicodemus finds Jesus at a time and a place where he can have a serious conversation with him. So he won't have to share the attention of Jesus with the crowds that pushed in around Jesus every day of his ministry. He wanted to have this conversation so he could have, answer a question. So he could get Jesus' full attention and he got it. We know you are from God, Nicodemus begins, because no one could do what you do. If you were not sent from God, Jesus, Jesus cuts Nicodemus off. Nicodemus, you have to be born again. And if you're not born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is frustrated. And Nicodemus is angry a little bit. He can't figure out what Jesus is saying. He wants to figure out. He has the same kind of response that you and I have. We really want Jesus to nail this thing down. And so when Jesus does nail it down, that's John 3.16. God loved the world in this way, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes, ah, there's a word we have massacred. If you ask somebody a question and they say, believe so, what have they told you? Nothing. Absolutely. It's going to rain this afternoon? Believe so. Well, did you get your umbrella or not? Okay, I need a yes, no. Believe so. Kind of maybe think. That? That's not what Jesus is talking about. I've told you before, the word belief literally means put your weight down to make your stand on. Another way to interpret this word Trust. For everyone who trusts, ah, we could, we could fake it with that belief word, couldn't we? Because we can make that word believe, uh, mean anything we want. But now when Jesus asks us to trust him, that's a little harder. Because honestly, we have just decided that we're not going to trust anybody ever again. And now you read a passage where Jesus says, trust. How do you decide who you trust? You are introduced to someone. They give you their name and you give them your name and you exchange greetings and you begin to listen to them. And you're making the decision in that conversation whether or not you're going to trust this person. How do you decide? First of all, does what they say make sense? 
Are they telling you the truth about whatever they're describing? Now, you and I have had conversations where we've dismissed a person in about 15 seconds because nothing they said makes sense. So let me ask you a question. Does Jesus tell us the truth? Does what Jesus say, is it true? He has that beautiful passage in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Uh, What's one of them? Mm, uh, Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's what Jesus said. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be known as the sons of God, the children of God. Is that true? Well, you're going, well, yeah, Mike, sure, yeah. But is it? If you do any reading on peacemaking efforts in the world, some of the leading thought leaders of what it takes to restore peace to a nation or to the world, you're going to run into two people really quickly. You're going to run into a man named Gandhi from India, Hindu. Okay, we don't have a record that uh, that Gandhi was ever a Christian. He was, he was familiar with the teachings of Jesus. Uh, but we do have some conversation where Gandhi dismissed Christianity because of the witness of the Christians he lived with when he was in school. But we don't ever have a record that he was a follower of Jesus. Now, is Gandhi ever described? Is he thought of? as a son of God, as a person who represents God. Yeah, there are pagan writers who refer to him that way. See, what Jesus is saying is true, even if you're not a believer. That's one of the ways that we learn to trust Does what you say pan out in real life? The other person you run into is Mandela, South African leader. Is he thought of as a child of God? Yes. Described that way by Bishop Tutu. Does Jesus tell us the truth? Yes. Does Jesus' life line up with what he said? Now, you know, you you know this about me. One of the most frustrating teachings that Jesus has for me personally is turn the other cheek. Okay? I want to turn the other person's cheek. I don't want to turn mine. Okay? I'm working on this. Y'all know that. Okay? That's what Jesus said. Someone strikes you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. What did Jesus do when he was struck? He turned the other cheek. He prayed for those who were crucifying him. Did Jesus live out what he said. Yes. 
Does Jesus tell us the truth when he speaks? Yes. Does Jesus tell us the truth about ourselves? Does he tell us the truth about us? In John, Jesus says that he is the vine and we are the branches and we can do nothing unless we are connected to the vine, unless we as branches are connected to the vine. Is that true about us? Well, let me ask you a question. We're in the fourth week of the new year. How you doing on those New Year's resolutions? Studies show, and there are people who study this stuff, that it's by the third week of January that you have dropped your New Year's resolutions. Right? You were going to be kinder this year. Well, that went out the window. You were going to be more loving. Well, forget that. You really intended to. I really intended to. And we tried. But you can't have enough willpower to overcome the passions you have to respond immediately and most of the time wrongly to a situation. Does he tell us the truth about us? Yes. Does he tell us the truth about how to get to God? Now, I know. We've talked about this before. There's always the big argument on how many ways there are to Jesus and, sure, and, and how many are, ways there are to God, and Jesus is one, and, and, and there has to be a lot of ways to God because there's a lot of different people. Uh, first of all, there doesn't have to be any way to God. There's no law that says there has to be a way to God. God in his mercy has given us a way and that way is Jesus. Now, Jesus told us he came from the Father to us. Jesus told us he will return to the Father. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if, if I want to go to heaven, I'm going to trust the guy who came from there. He's the only one who has come from the Father to us. He's the only one who knows the way back. That's who I'm going to follow. And it starts when you trust. Did you notice it? Uh, the old translation says, whosoever. Whosoever believes. This translation says, everybody. And it starts when you Trust. Now, there's a lot of us trying to fix things, trying to work things out, and you're doing the old Southern fixing to get ready. Let me, you know, let me, let me get this thing straightened out in my life, then I'll come follow Jesus. Let me get this thing cleaned up, and folks, you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to clean up a mess you can never clean up. You're going to spend your whole life fixing to get ready. That's not when it starts, not when you're ready. It starts when you trust. It starts when you say, here's where I'm going to start right now. I'll trust Jesus that he's telling me the truth about life and death and life after death. 
That's who I'm going to trust. Now, listen to me carefully. Some of you are living out one of the greatest heresies of all. That's what, listen to what I said, false teaching. Some of you are trying to pay for a mistake you made. You're trying to carry a burden for some kind of stupid thing you did in the past. And you're saying by doing that, listen to me, you say by doing that, that Jesus died for everybody but me. That Jesus' death on the cross paid for everybody's sin but mine. I have to pay for mine. Do you realize what a heresy that is? What a false teaching that is that you somehow can pay for your own sin, that you somehow can make yourself right before God? It starts when you say, I trust. I trust that Jesus is who he says he is. I trust that he's telling us the truth. I trust that his death on the cross is enough. I trust that on that first Easter Sunday morning, he was raised from the dead and now makes intercession for us sitting next to the Father and will one day return. I trust brings us to an interesting question, doesn't it? Who do you trust? Where do you get your truth? Now, you do know that when you say, I don't trust anybody, you're saying that about yourself. That the person next to you who said, I don't trust anybody, they're saying that about you. And you're saying it about them. So who do you trust? Where do you get your truth? Everyone who believes, everyone who trusts, will find eternal life. So who do you trust? Where do you get your truth? Let's pray together. The heads bow and your eyes closed. I'm not going to do anything to put you on the spot or embarrass you. I do want you to ask some hard questions of yourself. Who do you trust? Who defines your truth? On whose truth are you living? In whose truth are you living? If your answer is anything else, anybody else but Jesus, you're living in a lie. And we want to talk to you more about that. Meet us in the Welcome Center. Go out of the sanctuary, turn to your left, and you'll see the glass room there. We're waiting on you there to pick up this conversation right here. Maybe you want to know more about Brentwood Baptist Church. You come. 
we'd love to get you connected to the family. However the Lord has come to you now, he's waiting for you where you are. The church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open before you, every heart. So we pray now that the choices we make are exactly what you want.